Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. All right, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. We're going to be talking today about the circle of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear, the hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened. May, our, may we be challenged to activate the word that we receive today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We begin today uh, talking about the circle of faith. And it begins with hope, then it moves to faith, then tribulation, patience, experience, and then wraps back around to hope. And you'll see this in our text today in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, being justified, how? By faith. By faith, we have peace, which is nothing missing, nothing broken, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pause right there and go over that again and let us let it sink in. Therefore, being justified by faith. It's by faith. By faith that we are justified just as if I'd never sinned. Because of Calvary, because of the blood, because of the cross. Justified by faith, we are moved to a position where we have nothing missing and nothing broken through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just through Jesus Christ, but we've allowed Him to become Lord over our life. A lot of people have accepted Him as Savior, but they deny Him the right to be Lord. And so this is what happens when we allow Him to be Lord over our life. And then by whom? By Jesus. By whom also we have access how? Audience participation, please. By whom also we have access, access how? By faith. By faith into this grace, which is God's ability to do in us and for us what we cannot do in ourselves or for ourselves. That's grace. So we have access by faith into the supernatural abilities of God for us wherein we stand. There's a lot of places that you can stand. You can stand in a non-faith environment. You can stand in a, an environment where they don't believe in, in miracles. You can stand in an environment where they don't believe in the move of God or the presence of God or the power of God. But the Bible said that we have access by faith into the abilities of God where we can stand and when we're there we can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And the glory of God is the never-ending presence or the manifestation of God's presence, the ambience of God. So what he's saying is we have access by faith into this place where we can, we can live with the ability of God and we can stand there and when we're there we can rejoice because we see the blueprint or the hope, we see the blueprint of what God is doing and it causes us to rejoice. It causes us to rejoice. 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Somebody say tribulations. tribulations. We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. So we see faith, and then we see hope, and then we see tribulation, and then we see patience, and then we see experience, and then we see hope again. So that is called the circle of faith. The circle of faith. Now I want to talk to you today about each one of these individually. Now we don't have time to dig real deep into them, but I want to teach you something, and you're going to find yourself in this cycle somewhere. In this cycle somewhere. So we're going to begin with the word that was on the top, which is hope. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5 that hope makes not ashamed. Hope is the blueprint of what you're believing God for. Before this building was ever built, they had blueprints. Those blueprints had to be ratified by the county. The builder looked at the blueprints and they looked at all of these blueprints and everything and in their mind, they saw a building. In their eye, all they saw was a small field. But in their mind, because of the blueprints, they saw the building. We had those blueprints back in the back. In fact, the Capital Campaign and Visionary Committee have been looking at the blueprints, trying to figure out different ways to do expansion and different things like that because of what the Lord's been doing around here. And so they pull out the old blueprints to begin to build on what, 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 the, what those blueprints were. And so the blueprint is what you're believing God for. Let me say it like this. If I'm going to put my faith on divine health, then I have to start seeing myself as living whole. If I'm going to put my faith on living the blessed life, then I'm going to have to quit seeing myself as so broke I can't pay attention to living the blessed life. If I want to experience peace of God that passeth all understanding to replace chaos and depression and discouragement in my life, then the blueprint of what I'm believing God for is I see myself living a peaceful, nothing missing, nothing broken existence. That's the blueprint of what we're believing God for, and it's called hope. Now in the Webster's, uh, the definition of hope is an opinion or belief not amounting to certainty, but grounded on substantial evidence. Grounded on substantial evidence. So it's an opinion or belief, not amounting to certainty, but grounded on substantial evidence. Hope and faith work together. Hope matures into faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, the Bible said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when I look at the definition of hope and I see that the definition of hope is an opinion or belief not amounting to certainty but grounded on substantial evidence, then I realize that faith is the substantial evidence that hope grows into. Does that make sense? Now the Bible said in Joel chapter 3 that the Lord will be the hope of His people. The Lord will be the hope of His people. Now I don't know about you, 
I'm going to show you later on where all of us go through battles and all of us go through troubles and all of us go through trials. And I'm going to talk to you about what to do in the midst of it. The fact that you're trusting God, the fact that you're living by faith, the fact that you're believing God doesn't mean you'll never fight a battle. It doesn't mean you'll never have a trouble or a trial. It just simply means, and I'll show it to you later, that your faith is working. So hope grows into faith. Faith is now the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let's talk a little bit about faith. So we've went from hope to faith. Now faith is. Somebody say, now faith is. Or that could have just as easily been translated, faith is now, which it's talking about faith in the present. It's talking about faith that is currently active. Not faith that was active yesterday, not faith that was active tomorrow, but faith that is currently active. So let's talk a little bit about the inner workings of faith. In Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, the Bible said, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith cometh by the never-ending hearing of the word of God. Now, let me say it like this. The Bible does not say that faith cometh by having heard, or, and the Bible does not say that faith cometh by going to hear. The Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's in the present imperfect tense, which means a continual action. So as long as the Word of God is working in my life, then faith is coming. When the Word of God quits working, when the Word of God quits being active in my life, then faith stops working. So faith keeps coming. The fact that you are sitting here this morning listening to the taught Word of God, the Logos written Word of God lifted off of the page, spoken through your pastor, and hopefully somewhere between my lips and your ears, the anointing that turns it into the rhema or the God-breathed Word of God will take place and it will find a place in your heart. The fact that you are here listening right now is proof positive at this very moment and second your faith is growing. Because you're hearing the Word of God. Because you're listening to the Word of God. So we have to set the atmosphere. We have to set the atmosphere to learn. We have to set the atmosphere to receive. We have to set the atmosphere to, uh, to, to re not just receive, but we have to set the atmosphere that is conducive for the Word to continue to duplicate over and over and over and over in our life. Whatever you take in is what you get full of. And what you get full of will eventually come out of you. So if you take in garbage, you're going to get full of garbage. And guess what's going to come out of you? Garbage. But if you take in the Word of God and you get full of the Word of God, guess what's going to come out of you? The Word of God. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, No one is responsible for your atmosphere but you. You control what you listen to. I said you control what you listen to. And all the men with the gift of selective hearing said amen. <laughs> we control what we listen to, don't we? I'm telling you right now, I can be sitting there and people can be talking around me. I'm, I'm talking family now. Family can just be talking around me all the time. And they'll say, John. They'll say, Dad. They'll be, I'll tell you what gets my attention. Jonathan Vorse. 
Mama used to call me that. Jonathan, leave or she used to call me that when I was in trouble. For some reason, that still gets my attention. Just because something is going around you does not mean it has to go in you. Just because something is going on around you does not mean that it has to go into you. Just because something is going on around you does not mean that it has to get in you. Just because something is going on around you, come on, does not mean that it has to go in you. You control your atmosphere. You control your atmosphere. So keep the Word of God working in your life. The Word will work if you work the Word. But you got to keep it working if you're going to receive everything that you're believing God for. So that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible said that faith works by love. Now, listen to me very carefully. When the enemy attacks you, this is where he's going to hit you the hardest. He's going to attack you with a spirit of offense. He's going to try to convince you that people think things about you that's never crossed their mind. He's going to try to convince you that he's going to try to convince you that that people are talking about you when they're not talking about you. They're talking about how good that cheeseburger is. Can anybody tell I like cheeseburgers? And and so what will happen is the enemy will take you and he'll isolate you and he'll pull you off in a corner somewhere and when he gets you pulled off in a corner somewhere, he'll start whispering into your ear and he'll try different things to see if something starts to work and if he figures out that something looks like it's going to work, he's going to start hitting the repeat button. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And before long, you're sitting over in a corner all by yourself. You're isolated and the devil's whispering in your ear and he's saying, they don't like you. They're talking about you. In fact, they're probably going to go after church and have dinner without you and just talk about you. Do you see how they're looking at you? They're scowling at you. Look at them frown at you. You know that preacher's preaching straight at you. You know all these people in here, he just keeps looking straight at you. You know that he's pounding on you. That's what the enemy will do. That's what he'll do. And what he's after is your love walk. Because he knows that faith works by love. And if he can get you to quit loving people and especially get you to quit loving God, let me say it like this. If he can get you to quit walking in love, then he can stop your faith from working. And if your faith doesn't work, then you can't receive what you're believing God for. Because everything you will get from God, you will get by faith. By faith. So, faith comes by hearing. And faith works by love. And then in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 1, the Bible teaches us that faith is activated by confession. He's the high high priest of our profession. Now let me say it like this. Your words are going to partner somewhere. They're going to partner somewhere. We have a choice to make. What words am I going to speak? Am I going to speak the word of God over my circumstances? 
Am I going to speak the Word of God when I'm faced with a challenge? When I'm going through a trouble or a trial, am I going to speak the Word of God? Or am I going to talk about how bad the battle is and how difficult it is? And, oh, you're killing me. Oh, it's just killing me. I can't hardly stand it. How, how, how are you doing? Well, I'm not doing very good. I'm just making it one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That makes me sick. And then they wonder why they're sick. Because you keep saying something makes you sick. Oh, that's just killing me. It's just killing me. It just slays me. It's killing me. I can't believe this. I, um, why, why can't you believe it? That's, that's a confession of non-belief. I can't believe this. Instead of saying stuff like that, I, I'm not saying that you deny the existence of a problem. You just approach it differently. You say, you know something, I'm not going to deny the fact that I'm in the midst of a challenge, but I'm going to deny its right to remain. So I'm going to speak the Word of God over my situation. I'm going to speak the Word of God over this sickness. I'm, and, and it's not my sickness, it's this sickness. I'm going to speak the Word of God over this spirit of poverty, not my lack of money, this spirit of poverty. I'm going to speak the Word of God over this spirit of poverty. I'm going to speak the Word of God. And when I speak the Word of God, I'm going to put to work the Word of God. And when the Word of God goes to work, it'll drive that stuff out of my life. Now, in the midst of your confessing, you have to believe. Because the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 11, verses 22, 23, and 24 that we have to say it and believe it. Now, we can say it all day long, and if we don't believe it, it'll be to no avail. And, we can, and so there's so many times when people say, well, I said it, I said it, I said it, but you know, it just didn't happen. Well, maybe it's because you just didn't believe. Hello? Okay, so faith comes by hearing. We set our own atmosphere. Faith works by love. We keep the right spirit. Ooh, that's a challenge sometimes. And faith is activated by confession, understanding that our words will partner somewhere. You know what? I just need to pound this nail a little bit harder on our words partnering somewhere. When you speak out negativity, God can't partner with that. But Satan can. Satan can. Fear is contaminated faith. Some people say it's the opposite of faith. I say it is a form of contaminated faith. Fear is believing more in what the circumstances is saying and what the devil is telling you than what God's Word says. And so we, we, what we got to do, if we're going to live by faith, the Bible said the just shall live by faith, we got to flip that switch and live for God. And say, Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe you. You know what Job said? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And then he goes on and he said, and I will maintain my ways before him. What he was saying is if I go down, I'm going to go down trusting God. 
I'm going to go down believing God. I'm going to go down having love in my heart. I'm going to go down with the right spirit. I'm going to go down with the right attitude. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe God because you know what? Your circumstances might try to raise or, or put you down, but the Bible said the Lord will raise you up. Some of you are experiencing that raising up in your spirit right now. You're like, oh my goodness, I need to watch out what I'm saying. I need to start watching the confessions of my mouth. I need to start watching the atmosphere that's around me. I need to let some things go that's been contrary to the love walk in my life. And just making those few little adjustments can make all the difference in the world in your walk with God. The manifestation of what you're uh, believing God for and receiving from the Lord. Then we go to number three on the circle of faith. So we have hope and then we have faith and now we have tribulation. Look at your neighbor and say the battle will come after the prayer of faith every time. Say every time. Every time. Every time. Listen, you cannot escape the battle. You can shorten it, but you can't escape it. You can't escape the battle. Why? Because the trial of your faith is necessary in order to get your faith to the level to produce the manifestation of what you are believing God for. And so tribulation, the Bible talks about tribulation. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we find a place where Jesus looked at the disciples and He said, hey, let's get in this ship and let's go over to the other side. That's verse number 35. Let us pass over onto the other side. And then the Bible said, when they had sent away the multitude, they took Him even as He was in the ship. And there were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake Him and say unto Him, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then Jesus said right here in verse number 40, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And in his mind I can see where he's going back to verse number 35 where he says, he gets in the ship, he said, let's just pass over to the other side. Now listen to me very closely. Listen to me very closely. The storm is your invitation to give up. Every single time you start exercising your faith, God gives you the blueprint of something to believe God for. That matures into faith. The faith becomes the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you start operating your faith, you start working your faith, in the midst of doing that, when you put your faith on something, the devil does not want you to have that manifestation. And so he's going to fight you. And he's going to fight it. And there will be storms that will come. And the Bible teaches us that those storms are the trial of our faith. Those are there. Those are there as an invitation for us to give up. Now the children of Israel, not the children of Israel, the disciples could have said this. They could have said, you know what? We're just going down. I've been on this sea before. I've been here fishing before. And these storms come. And you know what? You remember Uncle so-and-so? He died in a storm just like this. Okay, let's bring it into modern vernacular. Well, 
Grandpa died of cancer. Daddy died of cancer. His uncle died of cancer. They all died when they were 53 years old, and I'm 52. So I'm getting ready. I'm buying life insurance policies. I'm getting all, everything all set up because I know at 53 years old, I'm, and the devil just pounds on you and pounds on you and pounds on you. No, no, no. Say what God said. God said in the book of Genesis, the Bible said that a man's life shall be 120 years. Well, I thought the Bible said that we're just promised 70. That's in the book of Psalms, and that's for the wicked. Are you wicked? When Moses went home to be with the Lord, the Bible said that the angels took his body and hid his body. And the Bible said that his ear was not deaf and his eye was not dim at 120 years old. I don't mind living to be 120 years old if I can be healthy and whole and wealthy because I don't want to be broke when I'm 115. How did I get off on that? Jesus looked at them and he said, he said, why are you so fearful? He said, you don't have any faith. And he cries out, peace be still. Now let me give you some biblical examples of, of, of the battle here. In uh, Abraham was the father of faith. And we, we read a lot about Abraham. We talk about the blessings of Abraham. I've preached series on the blessing of Abraham. Deuteronomy 20, a lot of people have preached series on the blessing of Abraham. We talk about how that he was a man of faith, how that he trusted God, how that he believed God, and how you know he was in the grand hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. We talk about that. We talk about how the promise of God was that his seed would be as the sands of the sea and as the stars of heaven. We talk about his flocks. We talk about his herds. We talk about all of those things. But what we fail to talk about is when God spoke to him in the book of Genesis to leave the land of Ur of the Chaldees to go to a place that he would tell him of... Didn't even tell him where he was going, but he said, go to a place that I will tell you of. And he took off. And what we don't hear a whole lot about is for those first few years, him and his servants and his cattle and everybody almost starved to death. They nearly starved to death. What was his response? I seek for a country whose builder and maker is God. And the Bible said that he was a man of faith and he, and he continued on and he pressed on and he trusted God and he believed God. And you know the rest of the story. David was anointed the king of Israel. And after David was anointed, somebody say after. After David was anointed king of Israel, he was chased, shot at, assaulted, disrespected, and the list goes on. But wait a minute. He was anointed to be the king of Israel. I can't wait until I get my first church. People will, people, I can't wait until I get that Sunday school class. People will respect me then. I, I can't wait until God puts me on to, pe people will respect me then. I can't wait until people start recognizing that. No, 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 no. The anointing is a target. The anointing is a target. I told him in, I think it was in the first service, might have been this service, I can't remember, they run together sometimes. But I told him, I said, I said I'm going to be very transparent with you. I said, we went on international television in October on CTN. And from October until now, I have experienced more spiritual warfare, I think, than I've ever experienced in that small amount of time in my entire life. Some people want to shout. They want to dance. They want to praise God. They can't wait. But I'll tell you what, when you become the target, 
Guess what happens? You still have to walk in faith. You still have to keep your spirit right. You still have to keep the Word of God going. You understand that there are tribulation and there's trouble and there's trial and there's testing times. But the trial of my faith worketh patience. It's, it's, it's the tribulation works patience. So Job succumbs to fear. He loses everything. He renews himself in the Lord. He begins to operate faith from where he was and God restored him to double of what he had before. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Here's what the Bible said. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Wait a minute, I'm anointed. Why am I going through heaviness from manifold temptations? Because you're working your faith. You're working your faith. Listen to me very closely. The devil will only attack a credible threat. The people that are sitting in the church chairs and have it all together and everything's just wonderful and hunky and dory, the devil's got them right where he wants them. They're in church, but they're not producing. Form of godliness, but denying the power of, their love, of the Bible said from such, turn away. The fact that the enemy is fighting you is proof that your faith is at work. Now here's what the Bible says. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. And I think it's important to see that it said for a season. It doesn't mean you live there. It's just a season. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So tribulation is the battle. Now, the next thing we want to talk about here is patience. Patience is where we believe that we will overcome the battle. We stand in faith. We trust God. We believe God. Another way to describe the word patience is the word consistency. Just stay consistent. No matter what happens, no matter what I go through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter, I'm just going to believe. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to just keep trusting God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to let the devil rip me apart. I'm not going to let the devil tear me down. I'm not going to let him tear me apart. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to believe God. doesn't matter what's going on around me. All that battle that's around me is just background noise because I've got my, my eyes on the prize. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm looking forward. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Your pressing will carry you through. You can deflect a lot of the battle by just going on and trusting God and believing God. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody is going to understand the life that you are living. Not everybody's going to understand the choices that you are making. They can't. Because they're not saved. And the Bible says that those that are lost are blind to the way that God does things. God's ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. God's timing is not our timing. Sometimes His timing is way off from our timing. Wow! During those times is when we remain patient. We stay consistent. Consistent effort doesn't always bring immediate results, but it always brings success. What I'm telling you to do is just keep 
working the word. Do what you know works. The word will work if you work the word. So keep working the word. Keep trusting God. Keep standing in faith. Keep believing. Be patient because the Bible says through patience and through faith we can receive and inherit the promise. That's Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 12. Now in James chapter 5, here's what the Bible says. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries. Excuse me, let's go to James chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why would you count it joy when you fall into diverse temptations? Because you know that your faith is working. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 4. I don't have this up here, but it's just, I need to give it to you. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Sometimes people will invite you to be part of something that they're doing that you don't need anything to do. You don't need to be a part of it. You just say, no, 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 no. I'm going to decline that invitation. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. Then the Bible said, verse number 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What's working patience? The trying of your faith. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Now look at verse number 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. What that is saying is don't exit the battle until the victory has been won. Oh, but it hurts. It's difficult. It's hard. Stand strong. You don't want to go through that again. You don't want to have to wrap back around and fight that same battle again. No, no, no. Just stand strong. Just trust God. Just believe God. Say, you know what? The Bible says right here in verse number 4, Let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now I want to ask you a question. Is that the word or what? That the word? What does the Bible say? The Bible said, let patience have her perfect work that you may be what? Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Well, pastor, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it just doesn't work for me, so I'm not going to try anymore. You haven't been patient long enough. You impatient little blessed child of God. Hallelujah. Well, it's what the Bible said. Be patient. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then verse number 5 speaks of wisdom. If we lack it, we can ask of God and He gives it to us and doesn't withhold it from us and He'll give it to us. So, all of this leads to experience. And experience is what we call victory. So we trusted God. We believed God. God gave us the blueprint of something to believe God for. That blueprint grew into faith. That faith worked, working faith, produced tribulation, which was the trial of our faith, which caused me to grow and worked patience inside of me. And then that patience went from patience to experience. And now here I'm standing, believing God and trusting God and believing God, and now I'm beginning to receive the blueprint, what I saw in that blueprint. Just a practical example and then we'll, we'll close. Go ahead and come on, Charles. When we first got here, actually next Sunday will be seven years. We've been here 
seven years now. Can you, wow, seven years. Can you believe that? Yeah. And, and we came with a 30-year plan, so there's 23 more. We're going to patiently endure. Anyways. No. No. We, no. When we came here, I had a vision of what this sanctuary and the grounds and everything needed to look like. Now, it didn't look anything like that. Not, not at all. Not at all. In fact, when I came in here uh, the first time, we still had the old, remember the old mauve pink carpet? Y'all remember that? Okay, they had mauve pink carpet, and they had some really old uh, pews, you know, the kind that you sit on one end and it would rock like that. But they were beautiful pews at one time. And um, a, a lot of these steps weren't here. We had to build in the steps. And uh, all of this, all the way down, even, even to there, the soffits and everything was popcorn ceiling, just like that. I mean, even the wood, even that black strip, that was, that was popcorn. So it was all popcorn. And, uh, and I, I could just go on. So I had this big mammoth wooden pulpit. Now, you guys know how we do ministry. We had to move this thing around. You know, I mean, we can't. This thing's about 40 pounds, and so it's really easy to move and all of that. But this humongous pulpit, there, you, you just weren't going to move it. And so the worship team would be up here, and they would be singing, and you couldn't even see them hardly because it was this great big mammoth wooden pulpit. It was, a beautiful, it was beautiful, but it had seen its day. And so I come in here, and we're doing the renovations, and we're working, and there wasn't a whole lot of people in the very beginning, and, and um, I just sat down with them in the back, and they looked at me, and they said, what's it going to take for this church to make it? And I said, well, almost everything has to change. And I told them, I said, if you guys will give me the permission, I said, I don't want to take off without you. I said, but I need you guys to back me on this. I said, there's going to be some things that's going to happen that you're not going to understand. I said, but in order for us to build this church to the place where we're actually able to see God do what He wants to do and reap the harvest in this community, then there are a lot of things that's going to have to change. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you something here, okay? And um, uh, I'm not sure about the first service, but I want to show you something. There was about, I don't know, maybe 20 people in that meeting in the back. If you were in that meeting, would you please stand? right now Penny you were in that meeting stand up look at that there you go Betty there you go now here's the point that I want to make not everybody can handle the vision that God has put inside of you the people that left I love them they're dear to my heart but they needed to go attach to a different vision somewhere and I'm going to say this all the love that I can, but it's the truth. I don't mince words. You know that. A lot of them were the reason this church had been running 20 to 40 for several years. It wasn't because they were bad people. They were sweet people, wonderful people, love the Lord, and they're going to heaven. But to be able to embrace the kind of vision that was necessary to embrace in order to go forward and become more effective for the kingdom. It was just a challenge for them. It was very difficult. And I think the majority of the challenge was the change in the music. So they walk in here one day and we got the moth carpet 
and we got the old pews, we got the big pulpit, and I'm up here painting this back wall black. One guy walks up to me and he says, have you lost your mind? I said, probably. But trust me. About six months later, that man came up and was standing right here with tears streaming down his face. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Jonathan, he said, you've done a lot of things that I thought was just nuts and crazy. But I looked around this morning and he said, I counted 120 people here. Now that was about six months into it. He said, that's the most people that I ever remember being in this church. He said, so I have decided that maybe you know what you're doing. <laughs> Why did you tell me that story, Pastor? Sometimes you just have to stay the course. Sometimes you have to be consistent. Sometimes you just have to say, Lord, I'm trusting you and I believe in you. If you're going to expect to receive what you need from the Lord by doing what you've always done, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to have what you've always had. Sometimes it takes a little adjustment in your walk of faith here. Sometimes it takes a little adjustment in your attitude over here. Sometimes there's a little adjustment in the vision over here. If you're still where you were 15 years ago, if you haven't grown in God any more than that, then you need to leave and go somewhere else where you can grow in God. Victory experiences. Victory after tribulation. Somebody say victory after tribulation. The victory always comes after the battle. There can be no victory if there is no battle. Alright? That's all Steve. Now, go to that next slide there, Steve. Come on. Romans 5 and 4, patience, experience, and experience hope. We see where it wraps back around to hope. This is where, okay, I've went through the circle of faith. I've received, I've trusted God, I'm believing God. Thank you, Lord, for it. And now you put your faith on something else and you start believing God for something greater. Now, just a couple of things I want to share with you. Don't allow your soul to dwell in the battle. Don't let your mind, your will, and your emotions, don't let them coo you. Don't, don't dwell in the battle. See only through the eyes of faith and continue to trust God and continue to believe God. Let's just shut our eyes for a moment and have a little worship song as we close out. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.